<laughs> Good morning, everybody. Happy Mother's Day. Hey, uh, gonna just honor, bless all of our moms today, but I just, I have to take a moment, I wanna take a moment and honor the spiritual mom of this house, my incredible wife, Suzette. Amen. As awesome as you might think she is, she's more awesome than that. So uh, we are blessed, all of us, to have her in our world. Hey, last week uh, we received our Endeavor, or we started our new Endeavor year. Uh, Endeavor is our opportunity as a church to uh, collectively have faith, generosity, impact together to make a difference. And uh, we've always got something in mind. Uh, Endeavor funds are going to help pay for a lot of the resources that this Romania team uh, is going to bring with them to help people in that region. And we're always trying to fix something around here, update something, upgrade something. Uh, so whether it's missions or media outreaches or uh, making our facility service better, uh, that's what Endeavor allows us to do. And so uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone who participated uh, in last week's uh, offering and, and pledges, and uh, you can still jump in on that, especially if you're part of this church family. Uh, just something that's above and beyond your tithe uh, that helps us move forward. If, if things stay on schedule... Uh, we will break ground on the renovation and the doubling of our lobby space in August. So anyway, so aim your faith and your prayers, and uh, we're going to have a great time. So I just want to encourage you to, to step in, and, and next week we'll give you an amount of what was pledged and what was given, and uh, we've got a million-dollar project in front of us, but uh, I'm excited about the future, aren't you? Amen. Amen. All right. Seven of you are excited about the future. That is so cool. Come on. Hey, we are in a series that I am really loving called The Life You've Always Wanted. Uh, it's, it's, it jumps off of this book that was written by John Ortberg a few years ago, and uh, there's just some great stuff in here. It's about spiritual disciplines, um, and it is such a, a, an amazing book, and we've got small groups that are meeting and talking about this and uh, growing together, and I want to encourage you to read the book because there'll be some things that he's going to talk about in the book that I'm not going to talk about, and there's things that I'm going to talk about that are not in the book, and just to help us uh, move forward into what God has for our life. Uh, to enter into the abundant life that Jesus has offered to us, uh, what we know is that it just takes some level of intentionality to make that happen. Forgiveness is a free gift. Salvation is a free gift. The opportunity to go to heaven if we will open our hearts and receive Jesus as the Lord of our life and understand that he's paid the price for us, that's all a free gift. And, and the truth is, none of us could do enough to earn uh, heaven or earn salvation or earn forgiveness. That is given as a free gift. But growth and discipleship and living a full and abundant life 
requires a, a, a cooperative effort with God. And learning that balance of cooperation with God where God is playing his part and we are playing our part and walking out that dance together, that's what we're talking about. And today I want to talk about a couple more disciplines today. And I, I can kind of picture some of you, especially uh, moms, uh, whose lives are full of all kinds of taking care of things, people, projects, all the stuff that's going on. Uh, and and I know, on a lot of us that aren't even moms, uh, I know sometimes you could go, oh, please, pastor, don't give me another thing to do. Uh, don't, don't add to my schedule already. Uh, you have no idea what my life is like, and I just can't take on another thing. Um, but I, what I want us to see as we're walking through this journey is that maybe spiritual disciplines are not so much about things to do or add on, but maybe there's a different way to see things. Maybe there's a different perspective that we can take uh, that would help us become everything that God has called us to be. Spiritual disciplines, I, I definitely want to underline, are not our efforts to earn anything from God. Uh, spiritual disciplines are literally us putting up our sails to catch the wind of the Holy Spirit who wants to take us to great places. And so uh, we've been in this for a, a couple of weeks, and we're talking about the idea that spiritual disciplines are about training and not just trying, and that spiritual disciplines are, are about progress and not perfection. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, lesson number two, we talked about this discipline of rejoicing and thanksgiving. And, and, and that, I think, is one of the things that we have to get a hold of because negativity is the natural, easy pull that's on all of us. We are bombarded with negativity in the news. We are bombarded with negativity all around us. We are, we are bombarded with negativity even in our own self-talk. And the natural pull, the easy pull, is to go negative, to, to spot the negative things, to spot the difficult things, to feel sorry for ourselves, to, to look at life in a, in a dark way. That is the easy pull. That it's easy to go that way. But the discipline of saying, I'm going to rejoice, I'm going to celebrate life, I'm going to be grateful. And I think sometimes people think it's actually like shallow to be positive, but I just want you to know, I, I think it's very difficult to be positive. I think it takes a lot of strength and a lot of courage to be positive. It's actually fairly shallow to be negative. Because it's so easy to fall into that. All of us could fall into that. So the spiritual discipline of saying, stop, hammer time. No, stop. <laughs> and I don't know where that came from. But <laughs> the 80s. Stop and, and, and list your things to be grateful for. Stop and get a hold of your soul and say, don't go dark, look up. Amen. That's a discipline that is very powerful. 
Today, I want to talk about this discipline. Slow down enough to create a secret place in your world. Slow down enough to create a secret place in your world. Uh, the Bible is clear about this idea that uh, discipline is important. 1 Timothy 4.7 says, Discipline yourselves for the purpose of godliness. For bodily discipline is only of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things, since it holds promise for this present life and also for the life to come. So there is, there's a huge positive in godly discipline for our lives. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 24 says this, don't you know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may win. And this is not a, a competition with somebody else. This is you running your race that God's entrusted to you in a way that you win that race. So that you run so that your walk with God is a great walk with God. So that your marriage is a great marriage. So that your ministry is a great ministry. Run to win. Don't just run to run, but run to win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable wreath. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. So the Bible is encouraging us in this idea, you got to run to win. You got to, you, that you realize that no one drifts into anything great. And I think we know that. Intuitively, we know that about life. You're not going to drift into health. You're not going to drift into good relationships. You're not going to drift into a meaningful walk with God. You're not going to drift into any success in your career. And to live this abundant life that God has offered to us, we got to understand there are certain mindsets that are not going to take us there, and we're going to have to discipline those. And there are certain patterns that are in all of our lives that are not going to help us become everything God's called us to be. There are certain tendencies that are going to sidetrack us. And maybe your tendencies might be one thing and somebody else's might be another thing. But the recognition that there are self-destructive, if you will, tendencies inside all of us, we got to get a hold of our lives and go, God, I'm going to put up the sails and I'm going to move in to everything you have for me. So I want to talk about uh, two disciplines today, uh, the discipline of slowing down and the discipline of developing a prayer life or building a secret place in your world. We live in a fast-paced world. We live in a world that loves to multitask, which is actually not even possible. <laughs> we live in a technological world, 
even though a lot of what the Bible talks about is in agricultural terms, and the truth is, we know that all things that really are real to life happen agriculturally more than technologically. But we live in this technological world that everything's got to be faster, the newest chip on the phone has to be faster, the newest uh, computer has to be faster, everything needs to happen faster. And I don't think sometimes we're not even aware how, how much we are caught up into that kind of thing, that everything's got to happen fast and faster faster than it was. And so uh, we are all trying to cram more and more into every day, <laughs> into every week, into every month. And so we, we think if I could just do a little more at work, then I would break through to a, another level. Or kids are in their sports, or kids are in their music lessons, and kids going to school, and then we're going to school, and then church is asking us to do stuff, and our schedules are getting crammed more and more and more. Somehow, I think all of us are hoping that if we just did a little more, if we just did it a little faster, if we just did it a little better, then somehow life is going to get better for us. And so we get on this treadmill of, of going faster, of adding more and adding more and going faster and adding more, and all of a sudden we just find ourselves in this relentless pace where we can't even stop and breathe. Today... Moms, I love you. That's why I want to say this to you today. I want you to hear God say to your soul, not just moms, permission granted to slow down. Amen. Come on. Everybody who's feeling frenzied just said amen. Some people are thinking, could you just say that a little faster? That would be better. <laughs> Somehow we've got it in our heads, and we've been fed this idea, uh, we don't need sleep, <laughs> we just need to keep working, we need to keep adding things, adding things, adding things to our life. And the problem with a do more, go faster approach to life is it's never satisfied. As soon as you add something, soon you've got to add something else. As soon as you go faster, you've got to now, and I, when I, I'm preaching this to myself, so you're just getting to listen in, but, but I, it's like I'm always trying to beat my previous record. Anybody, anybody in that zone? Always trying to beat my previous best time, always trying to beat the previous, it's like somehow everything has to go faster and has to be added more. And, oh, if I just added this to my life or got this done a little better or this a little faster, and I'm, I'm here today to announce to you that maybe God could do more for you if you would slow down and let him. Psalm 127 verse 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house... They labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchmen keep awake in vain. It's vain for you to rise up early. Somebody say amen. Come on. 
It's, it's vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors, for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. God has great things in his heart, in his mind, for your life. And I don't think anybody would go here, but I know we understand that neither I nor God are somehow promoting laziness and just laying on the couch and hoping checks show up in the mail. But what I do want to encourage all of us today is to enter into a trust in God and realize that he is for you, he is working on your behalf, and this passage says, even while you sleep, God is doing things for you. He, and I, I think what God could do for me is way more than I could do for him. God is doing more behind the scenes than you know, and possibly if you would slow it down a notch and find a way to get into a secret place with God, you might hear something you've never heard before. You might feel something you've never felt before. You might know something you've never known before. It's not all up to you. Psalm 131, I love this uh, psalm. It's a short one, but it says, Oh, Lord, my heart is not proud, nor my eyes haughty, nor do I involve myself in great matters or in things that are too difficult for me. Surely I have composed and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child rests against his mother, my soul is like a weaned child within me. Oh, Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. John Ortberg tells the story in, uh, in his book, The Life You've Always Wanted, that he was talking to one of his uh, highly regarded spiritual mentors and asking him how he should be looking at the season that's in front of him. And his mentor, who he said is, was, is the wisest and most spiritual man that he knows, said, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And, and, he, and he goes, okay, wrote that down, what's next? <laughs> and, and the guy tells, pauses for a minute and says, there is no next. You must, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. So here's the discipline. The discipline of making time. The discipline of creating margin. You won't find time. You got to make time. You're not making time, but you understand what I'm saying. The discipline of making time to breathe. The discipline of making time to think. The discipline of making time to be with the people you love while your phone is put away. The discipline of 
making time to pray, to stop and go, I'm going into my secret place with my Father. I'm going into that secret place to hang out in the presence of God. It might mean, and here's where the discipline comes in, you might have to learn to say no. Without an explanation, just no to some things. So you can say yes to slowing down. Come on, moms, you better be loving on me right now. And I know what you're thinking. You don't even know my life, Pastor. There is a way. Well, talk about the discipline of slowing down enough to create a secret space in your world. I think sometimes people look at prayer as something they're supposed to do. And that if, if somehow they will do more, pray more, God will be happier with them. So if they, if they, if they have a, a, you know, occasionally pray and then they realize, wow, this is pretty cool, pretty valuable, and, and they need to do more and more and more. But I just, I just want to talk to you for a moment that this idea of the place of prayer in your life, this secret place, wherever that happens for you, whenever that happens for you. You might be a morning person. You might be an evening person. Uh, you might be an outdoor person. You might be an indoor person. But somehow that you are carving out a space in your world that you are not in such a hurry that you can stop and spend some time with God in a secret place, away from everything else. The place of prayer is a place where things can happen in your soul that don't happen in any other setting. It, it's a place you go to where you get your equilibrium for all the stuff that life wants to throw at you. The place of prayer, the life of prayer, the secret place is built out of this kind of understanding that uh, all of my direction, all of my strength, all of my anointing, all of my ideas, all of my peace, all of my joy, all of my love, I am finding them in one place and carrying them out to another place. I'm, I'm finding joy, I'm finding peace, I'm finding love, I'm finding ideas, I'm finding strength in the secret place with God, and then I'm taking that and I'm carrying it out into the open place in front of people. It's all, it's all, it's, you win it in one arena to bring it into another arena. Larry Lee was Suzette and I's pastor for several years and really had a strong impact on us. And this is one of my favorite quotes of his, the prayer closet is my springboard into the power of the Holy Spirit. The lifestyle of prayer really births you into all that life is supposed to be in the Spirit of God. Apart from prayer, you're always reaching for something you don't have in the Spirit of God. So I want to give to you a couple, 
advantages that can come out of uh, the secret place in, in, in your life. The first one is perspective. Everybody say perspective. Perspective. How you view a situation, how you view your life, how you view people, how you view circumstances. Jeremiah 33, verse 3 says, call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. I just want to say this to you with all humility. There's lots of stuff you don't know. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I know he's talking about you now. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you don't know. You think you know, but you don't know. And it's usually the truth that people who start to know stuff now realize how much they don't know. Like when you're 17, you know everything. <laughs> Albert Einstein said, problems cannot be solved by the same level of thinking that created those problems. So in other words, everything you know to this point has created both the good and the problems that exist in your life. And what you know has brought you to that, but you got to know something better, something more, something higher than you've ever known before. And I, and I think the truth is, you don't know what you don't know. And when you know better, you do better. And what the Bible is promising is this, is that if we'll call on him, he will tell us great and mighty things which we don't know. You find something in that secret place with God that you just will not find any other place. God says, I'm going to answer you. You're going to learn the voice of God so that not only will you hear it in your time of prayer, but you're also going to learn to be able to hear it as you're walking through the day. God says, I've got answers. You got questions? <laughs> I've got answers. Think about it. Here's what he says. Great and mighty things which you don't know. Things you would not know if you hadn't prayed. There are, there are things that you have not known that you can know now. There are things that you would not have heard. You're not going to hear the kind of stuff you're going to hear in your secret place. It's going to be different than what you hear watching TV or surfing social media. There are things that you have not seen that all of a sudden you're going to see. I've realized that all you need is for God to turn the lights on. Just God to give you an insight, God to give you an angle, God to give you a perspective, God to give you a, a word. One word from God can change everything. Yeah. 
It could adjust the direction you're walking in. It could adjust the way you view that person. It could adjust the situation you're trying to get an answer to. Just one perspective. And I'm encouraging you to, to somehow slow down enough to create a space to get away with God and learn to hear from him and get your perspective. Never deal with an issue in your life that has not had at least one pass through your prayer closet. <laughs> Always pray it before you say it. Come on. Anybody ever said something that they were going, oh, come on. Come up, please. Come back. <laughs> Words don't come back. And you know what? I have... I have cursed a lot of people out in my prayer time <laughs> and never had to say it out loud. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? I have complained, I have argued, I have vented in the presence of God and done with it. And thank God I didn't post it on Facebook. <laughs> I'm just saying everything that you're facing, if, if, you're, if, if you're in such a rush that you don't have time to pray it, then you're in too much of a rush. And if you could learn to deal with, is this a good deal for me to go into? Is this the right person for me to get involved with? Is this the right thing to say? Is this the direction I should go? Is this what I should be involved in? I promise you... Some incredible things can come, a, a power of perspective that can come from the secret place. I've even discovered that it's great. You know, you start praying and you start thinking about all these things you need to do, and I've just learned to start jotting them down. So I literally end up with my prayer time with the most anointed to-do list you've ever seen in your life. Uh, because, hey, change the oil, write it down. Yeah, yeah, make the deposit, write it down. Send the letter, write it down. You know, all this kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, I've got this list of things that's come out of my prayer time. Perspective. Your perspective shifted in the right direction could change everything about your life. Second thing that could come out of a, 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 a commitment to secret place is power. Everybody say power. James 5, verse 16, the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. James 5, 16 in the message says the prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. And I love this idea, the most of the word effective, the effective prayer of a righteous man accomplishes is the same word energeo, which we get the word energy. In other words, the energized prayer releases God's energy. Prayer is our access to resources that are well beyond our own capabilities. You know, Jesus made these promises over and over. Matthew 21, 22. All things you ask in prayer, believing, 
you will receive. John 14, 14 says this, if you ask me anything in my name, I'll do it. John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. I'm just saying praying over things opens up amazing possibilities. It opens the door. It's what the Bible tells us for the power of God to move in our life, to move in our world. Things that would have been impossible now become possible. Prayer opens new possibilities for your world. And dealing with that issue in the secret place can cause amazing things to happen in your life. James 4, verse 2 says, you do not have because you do not ask. Not just a casual ask, but a, a diligent, continual ask. All I'm saying is that the, the possibilities for the power of God to be increased dramatically in all of our lives is going to grow when we start to soak all of life's issues in a secret place. And then the last thing that I want to say today is that out of your secret place can come peace. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, be anxious or don't worry about anything. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And then the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We we always have two options in front of us. We can worry about it, or we can pray about it. Now, I know some people are, they're prayer warriors, and not prayer warriors. But here's what the Bible says, is that, We're not to worry, but we're to bring it before the Lord. And he gives us a peace that passes comprehension. It's not a peace that comes from, okay, now I got this figured out. It's a peace that comes from my spirit. My spirit knows things my head doesn't know. And something about bringing it before the Lord, any kind of disappointment, bring it before the Lord. Any kind of of obstacle, bring it before the Lord. Any kind of relational struggle, bring it before the Lord. Any kind of situation that's happening in your life, you may not feel like you have the answer, but the Bible says there's a peace that is greater than, that surpasses your comprehension. It's not like, oh, you finally got it figured out. You worked out all the numbers, and here's the way it works. All of a sudden, you just moved into a place of peace. You never value peace until you don't have it. (laughs) And once you're in peace, you can have a great place to stand. A couple more verses, and then I want to pray. Psalm 27, verse 5. In the day of trouble... He will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. 
He will lift me up on a rock. If if you're not in a day of trouble right now, good. And I don't want to be a prophet of doom, but nobody escapes the day of trouble at some point, some place. But if you are in a day of trouble, here's what the Bible says. There is a secret place for your soul. And nobody can touch and nobody can take away from you. Psalm 31, let me read a couple more verses. How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you. Come on, what a good God we serve. Which you have wrought for those who take refuge in you before the sons of men. You hide them in the secret place of your presence from the conspiracies of man. You keep them secretly in a shelter from the strife of tongues. I'm just saying to you, there is stored up goodness in that secret place. And I'm encouraging you to slow down enough to be able to create a secret place in your world. Can we pray together? Would you bow your heads, please? And would you close your eyes? Father, I'm praying for every person in this room that is feeling the pull and the tug of life and responsibilities and people and stuff, God. And, and they're, they're just frantic, frenzied. They're just, they're not at peace. They're not in that place. And Today, Father, let this not come as a, another burden to bear, but let this come as a, as, a, as a breath of heaven to come into our soul. Give us permission, God, to slow it down, to listen, to maybe let you work in our behalf instead of us working so hard to try to make it all work out. With every head bowed, every eye closed, just for the next moment, I just want to take this opportunity. If you've never given your life to Jesus, just surrendered to him, I would love to pray with you today. Or maybe you are here today and there was a day when you used to be so close to the Lord, but you know you're not there right now. You're not where you want to be, where you used to be, where you could be, where you should be. Hey, listen, this is a safe place for you. This This is not a parade of perfection. (laughs) This is a safe place for you to go, I'm ready to come home. I'm ready to be honest. I need God in my world. Or maybe you're just here today and you feel unsure about where you stand. Nobody's looking around, but you say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Christ, or I know I need to come back to Him, or I just want to be sure that I'm right with God. Would you pray with me? I want you to lift your hand right now all over this room. God bless you. Come on, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you over here. Anybody else? Thank you over here. Thanks. Come on. There is a God who is for you, and he's got so much goodness stored up for you. We just read it just a few moments ago. Would you open your heart to him? Would you open your life to him and let him come into your world? Thank you again. Anybody else? Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you, Father. Let's all, hey, let's say this prayer together. It's for everybody that lifted their hand, but I'd like for us all to pray it. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, to your lordship. 
I need you, I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start, a new beginning as I receive Jesus as the Lord of my life. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord.